this month's topic is going to be on angels, angels. And you may ask why, why angels? Um, Claire has been involved with this with me, so she knows. <laughs> the yeah. reason why is because they are among us. They are God's servants. And, and we find them in scripture more than 340 times. And even more heavily, you see them mentioned in the book of Revelations. And if we're living in the last of the last days, this last dispensation of the church age, then we know that we should begin to see them more and more um, fulfilling God's purposes uh, in the earth. God's been highlighting them in my life. That's another reason why I thought it'd be a good topic. Um, and if they are, they are appearing to me like they are more and more every day, then they're doing the same for others. It just can't be myself. They're appearing to all of us. So the thing is, is that sometimes we're just not aware of their presence. Initially, you know, I was always somewhat aware supernaturally that things were going on in the spirit realm, but I, I just kind of ignored the fact that, you know, the angels were there for me and wanted to do something or say something or bring something to me. And now, um, since God has highlighted them in my life and bringing them to my attention, I felt it is my responsibility to find out what my role is in interacting with them and cooperating with the angels. So when I first, um, oh, I guess got my confirmation, I guess you would call it, was through Claire, who's on the phone. And she visited us, me, and visited Omaha. She lives in Atlanta. She visited Omaha for one of the workshops that I gave in September. And uh, she stayed at my house here, the apartment. And she kept texting me these messages about seeing these angels in the house. She kept, she was basically, was, wherever she turned, she was bumping into them. <laughs> and I couldn't help but help. It, it just got my attention. She saw them in the hallway. She saw them at the front door. She saw them in the dining room, in the kitchen. She saw them in, in the, on the patio, the sliding sliding door. She saw them in my hallway. She saw them in the bedrooms. And I was like, how many angels are in my house, Claire? They're invading me. <laughs> and I mean, she's, I think you said probably about nine. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so... I think you even interacted with one because you well, were curious. I think you were, you must have been very curious about what is going on. Why are all these angels here? Yeah. And, uh, yeah. You want to share yeah. a few minutes about your interaction with the angel that you interacted with? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what happened was, I, you know, you're coming in, you're going yeah, in. Yeah, I, um, I wasn't expecting to see, you know, can you hear me now? Uh, you're coming in and out, but go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, I'm trying, I'm on my way home. I just got off work, so I apologize if it's not okay, clear. Okay, that's fine. Just, you can just, just a quick one minute on, on what you experienced. Well, I, I was wondering why, uh, I've, the angels of the presence, I knew the presence of them. They made their presence known to me uh, because I wasn't looking for any angels. I wasn't thinking about them, anything like that. I, it was never on my mind. And mm -hmm. so as I was thinking, why are these angels in here? They told me, they, a couple of them spoke to me and was saying that it, because there were different ones and uh, they spoke to me as to why they were there. Uh, one of them said that they were guarding everything concerning Maryland. Uh, the other one just let me know that they were there. Uh, there was one in the kitchen that was there and that, uh, that was said, another one was like a business type of angel. The one in the, in the her office was the one that was giving her innovation ideas and that organization. And so he was standing behind uh, the desk. Mm -hmm. And um, they just, and then the one in the hallway may be aware that he was the an, an evangelical angel. 
and that Marilyn was, she had a, a, a commission that God was sending her people to minister to, and uh, the spirit that he gave her was attracting uh, people to her so that she could minister to these people in her apartment complex. So it was, it was a very pleasant, very pleasant experience. And I, as like I said, even before I could, I could finish the sentence, the angels were speaking to me about why they were there. So it was, it was beautiful. Wow. Wow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then, and so after that, um, that was like the end of September. And then like maybe in a, about two weeks later, I was going to a, conference in Tennessee um, and I guess I could backtrack just a little I, I did sense even more stronger their presence when I be, began to acknowledge them spiritually that I was I knew they were there so you know we can see things and sense things in the spirit and we can use our spiritual eyes and 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 see in the spirit realm and that's what Claire is very sensitive in. So she was seeing them, not so much with their natural eye, but her spiritual eyes, her, her spirit man. Is that right, Claire? Yeah, it was like a memory. I don't know if anybody can relate to that, but it was like a memory. And uh, I, I heard them in the spirit. I, I mean, I didn't hear them naturally, like I'm talking to you, but I knew that they were uh, talking to me about their presence and why they were there. and. You know, it just it just was a confirmation that Marilyn has a high calling in her life. I, I've never spent, I, I, I've been in the presence of seeing angels before, the outline is such, but I've never seen them in one place other than church. So, yeah. And then, so two, moving forward, two weeks later, so this was October, first weekend in October, I was in Tennessee. And it was a prophetic conference, and it was really high, high energy. Awesome, amazing conference apostolic and prophetic anointing and flow it was strong and the anointing was strong presence was strong so um they you know they ministered just about to everyone they want everybody to be involved and connect and get involved so they had all of us go up front that didn't get personal calls from the um from the pulpit individually they just had everybody come up front and make some confessions and and then the prophet there named Chris, he was from the Dominican Republic. Um, he was an, an African-American Republican, <laughs> Dominican. Anyway, he was going around and he was doing some of the ministry. So the first thing he said to me when um, he walked to me to minister to me, he said, you are having angelic visitations. And I almost dropped to the floor <laughs> because that was that was the first time somebody could read my mail that quickly, and that was the, wow. that was the main thing that came out of his mouth. But he did say he also the other thing he said, and he, then he stopped and he listened some more to the Holy Ghost, and he said, and start paying more attention to your dreams. And so mm -hmm. I, I knew that that was God too because He had told me the same thing. So many times prophetic ministry is to come to confirm what God has already been trying to say to you. And he's been saying it in all these different ways. And sometimes you're just not getting it or you, you hear it, but you put it on the shelf or you don't think it's that important, or maybe you don't even think that it's God. And so God will call you out and, and, and um, it'll be a confirmation. And I, I remember years ago when I first was really starting to walk in the prophetic you know, and one of the areas that the Lord had us doing, me and Philip and, and Agape, was we were training, being trained in prophetic teams, prophetic ministry teams. So we, we prophesied to other people. And then everybody wanted a word. Everybody wanted a word. And I was always asking, why does everybody want a word? Well, that, you know, it was something because it was so encouraging to some of them. But everybody had their own personal reasons why they did. And I would ask the Lord, I said, well, I want a, I want a word, Lord. And he told me, kind of like what he told Moses. You know, when we told Moses, I'll, I'll speak to you face to face. He says, you don't need a word. I'll speak to you face to face, in other words. He says, if I ever call you out, it will not be so much for you to hear what is being said. It's those around you to hear what I'm saying to you. So it's like a confirmation to what other people already see or believe that God is saying to them about me. And, and I think that mainly probably pertains to leaders. 
So um, just moving forward on with the angels. So after that confirmation, and, I, and wow, that was, uh, I don't know how many miles away we were. So I got one from Atlanta, a woman coming, Claire coming to visit was one confirmation. Then the second one came and it was in Tennessee. So I said, this is serious business. God really wants me to pay attention to these angels. And I decided when I got home, I was going to be more aware, more curious, ask questions and pursue what it was God was wanting me to know. Because he knows that what what my heart desire is, is to help other people. What I learned from, from the spirit and from God and, and from Jesus is to draw people unto him and to help people be successful in their walk with, with Christ. And so I wanted to learn so I can, I can teach others. So I came home and I started to inquire. I started to ask questions. I hesitantly did because I didn't know what to expect. I pondered and pondered. Then I began to say, I lay in my bed one night and I said, okay, Lord. I said, but are we supposed to really talk to angels? And, you know, and I remember Claire talked to the angel and I know in the Bible, there's many times angels talk to people. It's, it's really for us, we're so natural. We don't think something so supernatural is okay, but it really is okay. Supernatural is more real for us supernatural people than the natural. So we don't realize where our power and our authority lies spiritually. And, you know, I, I, I got a sense that, yeah, he says they talk, the Holy Spirit said inside of me that it's biblical. It's biblical to speak and talk to angels. There's, there's nothing wrong with that. I said, okay. I said, I'm going to ask my angel then. I'm going to talk to him. I said, okay, why are you here? And who are you anyway? What is your name? Why are you in my house? I wanted to know. So he find, you know, I finally got a reaction. And it was real, it stunned me. It startled me almost, not to fear, but I was just amazed that he spoke back. And when he spoke to me, it wasn't like the feeling or the speaking we get in our inner man when we hear the Holy Spirit speak to us. I heard it in my outer ear just as clear as somebody was whispering in my ear. And what he said, well, actually, before he said, before, before we got into that, he did hit my bed. He, he hit my bed. He started, he hit me, he hit my bed and got me out of my, out of being, focusing in on the Holy Spirit. And he hit the bed and I jumped. And I first thing out of my mouth, he says, why'd you hit my bed? So I spoke to the, I spoke to the angel. I said, why did you hit my bed? He said, so everything in here that's not like God can go. So he was making sure anything that was not of God, that was hanging around in the, in the, in the spirit realm or around my bed or in my room, that was his job, is to make sure anything that was not like God had to leave. And, then, and that's what I said. I heard it in my outer ear. And then I said, okay. I said, I'm going to talk to this angel. I said, what is your name? And he told me his name was Ted. I said, Ted, okay. Then I said, what are, you, what are you doing here? What do you want? He said, we are all Psalm 91 angels. Now he said all, because he's talking for, he's being like the spokesperson for all the other angels that were in the house, in the house. And then, and then I said, okay, Psalm 91 angels. And I said it like that. And then he picked up his, his sentence and said, we, we, we have five functions. And he called them out. He said protection, provision, power, presence, and peace. And they all made sense to me, and it sounded really, I was in the spirit. He is in the spirit. So it connected to my spirit man. And then I, I just kind of got quiet and listened. And then all of a sudden, I heard the, a voice speak. And this time, it was not the angel speaking. It was the Holy Spirit speaking. He spoke from within. 
That was, that's how I knew it was Holy Spirit. He took over the conversation. And the Holy Spirit said, rest in the presence. So I was already in his presence. So he wanted me to rest even more. And he said, the third heaven is with you all the days of your life. He's telling me spiritually the access that we have to the third heavens when we are resting in the spirit. We're in the spirit realm. You know how they say, walk in the spirit, you won't fulfill the lust of the flesh and on and on. Well, it's a it's an attitude of the heart, the yielding of your spirit. Fill up. Angel, will you mute yourself? Angels are messengers. They will give you information. And this is what the Holy Spirit is saying. Just like familiar spirits bring information to the dark side, he says, angels bring information to the children of light. He said, they are your destiny helpers. He said, look, listen, pay attention to everything that pertains to, to you. That's what they do. They look, listen, and they pay attention. They're always in the, not in the spotlight. They're always in the shadows. They're behind, they're behind you. You don't always see them because they don't want to be seen. They don't want any glory to be given to them. All glory goes to God. But if we were to see these beautiful beings, we would be like, you know, <laughs> Apostle John was when he was going to worship them in the book of Revelation. And he got scolded. But that was also somewhere else because I remember that in my notes too a little further in Colossians, the book of Colossians, it happened as well. He says, the Holy Spirit said, learn to listen to them. He told me to learn to listen to them because they're important in ministry. So that's, that's someone else I'm going to be listening to with the ear even during ministry. And it, it, it got pretty deep at that point because I'm thinking, I mean, it's really stretching me because it's like, okay, um, the Holy Spirit is the gifts that we use when we're in ministering, when we're ministering people, you know, you think you're in the Holy Spirit. But the angels also operate for the Holy Spirit. Angels operate for us, the heirs of salvation. He says, the Holy Spirit says, they deliver the body parts for healing and miracles, especially creative miracles. Because sometimes creative miracles, you need a whole brand new organ that needs to come from the heavenlies and be bought down and put in place. That can't happen without a voice, the word going forth from God's servants. He says, you have access to that realm to pull things from heaven to earth. He says, the angels bring light, enlightenment, spiritual knowledge, and insight. And this is in Psalm 119, verse 30. You won't have to turn. I'll read it real quickly. It says, the unfolding of your words gives light. That's our words give light. It gives understanding to the simple. So as we speak, we receive the light enlightenment from, from the uh, spirit realm. And then he said, the angels reveal things to you. They are in eternity. They give revelation through the word, through a word of knowledge, a word of wisdom, and discerning of spirits. So those gifts, yes, the gifts of the Holy Spirit operate through his holy angels. He speaks to them and they speak to us. We perceive them through perception, through our spirit, man. That's how we perceive the angels and know that they are present. I'm sure you all remember angelic interventions in your lives where you know a, a God's mighty angel saved you or prevented you from disaster, calamity. I have had several of those in my day. They are at work in our lives all the time. They've always been there and will continue to be there. So if we look at um, the scripture, Exodus chapter 23, verses 20 to 22, and then verse 25. I'm going to read it from the New Living Translation, Exodus 23, verse 20. See, I am sending an angel before you to protect you on your journey. 
and lead you safely to the place I have prepared for you. Pay close attention to him and obey his instructions. Do not rebel against him, for he is my representative and he will not forgive your rebellion. But if you are careful to obey him, following all my instructions, then I will be an enemy to your enemies and I will oppose those who oppose you. Verse 25, you must serve only the Lord your God. If you do, I will bless you with food and water and I will protect you from illness. Amen. I will protect you from COVID-19 in Jesus' name. Amen. So this is an angel. God's talking about an angel. He says, I'm sending an angel before you to protect you on your journey and lead you safely to the place I have prepared for you. They have, they have, they, some people will tell you that they know, they read, they read your book. They read the scrolls of your life and they know your life from the beginning to the end. And they know what's supposed to happen and what's not supposed to happen, but they're there to intervene in any change that gets off course. Angels are not demons and demons are not angels. So let's get that straight right away. Demons are disembodied spirits of a pre-Adamic age. They're now, angels, they're both good or holy angels, and there are bad or fallen angels, and they are unholy angels. So angels are created, and they're supernatural beings who have greater power and ability than humans. They exist in the kingdom of heaven or the spirit realm which is a level of existence higher than the physical universe, higher. God created those angels through Jesus. For here's the Colossians uh, verse. The firstborn of all creation, Colossians 1, 13 through 17. Let's read that scripture real quick here. For God has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son who purchased our freedom and forgave our sins. Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. Christ was God and is God. He existed before anything was created and is supreme over all creation. And here's where he's supreme over all creation. Verse 16, for through him, God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth, everything. He made the things we can see and the things we cannot see, such as thrones, kingdoms, rulers, and authorities in the unseen world. Everything was created through him and for him. Verse 16, I mean 17. He existed before anything else and he holds all creation together. Angels were created before the earth existed. When God created the earth, the angels began shouting in applause. That's in Job chapter 38, verse 4 through 7. The angels are the dispensers and administrators of divine blessing toward us. They regard our safety, undertake our defense, direct our ways, and exercise a constant solitude, uh, constant care and concern for you all the time, that no evil befalls you. That's in Psalm 91. And that's what the angels told me. We're all Psalm 91 angels. We'll talk about in a minute, the different levels and hierarchies of angels. Angels are spirits, they're messengers, they're worshipers, witnesses, ambassadors, they're servants, watchers, Daniel 9, 13, warriors, host, host of angels. That's an army, army of angels. That's what host means. Sons of God, all holy angels are light beings. They are light. That light brings enlightenment. They release, em emit powerful levels of energy. And that is why if you are sensitive to the spirit rib, you can discern or sense their presence. You're discerning and picking up on the energy that they release. And you just pick, it's almost like, I know when the anointing comes on me for ministry, I get electricity in throughout my body, especially in my hands. So it's an electrical thing. It's an energy 
They have wheels, meaning, you know, they can they make a decision. Much has been said about whether or not they have souls. That's very controversial. But if they can rejoice when a person receives salvation, they exhibit emotions. If they can reason and make decisions, they have intelligence. But that's not saying they, that, that they have a soul because they're neither male nor female. Being male or female is a gender thing for, for us humans to procreate. But you can see angels that appear or materialize like a man and they look like a man or they go like a woman. They can be a child or they can be whatever they want. Any ethnicity that God decides for them to materialize into or that they decide to materialize into if they're needed to do so. They just realize how mighty they are. Most people who describe seeing an angel or experiencing an angel, especially in a supernatural way, they're huge, 10 feet, 14 feet tall. But when they materialize, they're not going to be obviously quite that tall. They're going to try to fit in. So angels can materialize us into humans. How many angels are there? In a vision given by the Apostle John in Revelations 5, verse 11, he saw a glimpse of hundreds of millions of angels surrounding God's throne. Angels are innumerable. Innumerable, that word means too many to count. You can't count them. It's like the sand by the sea. You can't count how many pebbles of sand are on that seashore. Daniel 7.10 is the reference. There are different ranks among angels. The greatest in both power and authority is Michael, the archangel. And that is in Jude 9 and Revelation 12.7. Seraphs, S-E-R-A-P-H-S, are high-ranking angels who are stationed near Jehovah's throne. Isaiah 6, verse 2, and Isaiah 6, verse 6. Cherubs. People think cherubs are the little bitty angels that fly around. The baby angels. No, no. <laughs> cherubs form another high-ranking order of angels. Look how man is just so conceived or deceived. They're high-ranking having special duties. For example, the cherubs guarded the entrance to the Garden of Eden after Adam and Eve were expelled. So they couldn't have been little bitty kids flying around with little wings. And this is in Genesis 3, verse 23 and 24. Angels display and exhibit God's sovereign control of the universe. They administer God's will throughout the world. And now I'm going to start this up. Uh, slide presentation to share this slide for you all let's see start from the beginning can you see the slide no i gotta hit share my share button I must not bet sharing options. Okay, let's see if I can do it from here then. Now you can see the slide? Yes. Okay, nine divisions of angels. The hierarchy of angels may be ranked from highest to lowest into nine orders or divisions. And so you have the first hierarchy sphere, second and third. The first being the highest. We're gonna we're gonna cover each 
one of those real quickly here. Angels who are in the first um, sphere, celestial sphere, abide continuously in the third heavens. They are also called living creatures. You have the, and heavenly counselors. They're called the seraph, the seraphim for plural. Cherub or cherubim. And then thrones. The seraph or the seraphim. They're the highest order of the hierarchy of angels, referred to as the burning ones or nobles. They're filled with fire and blazing light. I saw this ball of fire and blazing light, not knowing it was a seraph. These angelic beings spend their time worshiping and praising God. Described in the Bible one time by the prophet Isaiah, when he was being commissioned by God to be a prophet and he has a vision of heaven. And he quoted in Isaiah six, verse one through three. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne high and lifted up and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above it stood seraphim. Each one had six wings. With two, he covered his face with two, he covered his feet, and with two, he flew. And one cried to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. Only two of the six wings are used to fly. Then fly, they fly above God's throne. It has also been said that as they fly, even their wings sing praise unto God. It's been described as just a, a loud pitch wind when they fly, given a lot of attention to, to the throne. Cherubim, this is the second level. This is the ones that were sitting outside guarding the, the ark. Well, they sit on the ark of the covenant, but they also guarded the gate to, to um, so Adam and Eve would not go back into the garden. They are the second highest. Their name means the fullness of wisdom. The Bible describes them as powerful and majestic angelic creatures who surround God's throne, having the likeness of a man. And you can look at Ezekiel chapter one and in, in also in Ezekiel chapter 10 for detailed description. So it talks about the wheels and their eyes being within the wheels. And it was their spirit that really was in the wheels, the spirit of the creature. They are four-winged protectors of God's throne, guarding God's glory. They are also positioned on the Ark of the Covenant as its guardians. So they guard the glory. God sent them to guard Eden at the explosion of Adam and Eve. After he drove the man out, he placed on the east side of the Garden of Eden a cherubim and a flame sword flashing back and forth to guard the way to the tree of life. And this was Genesis 3, verse 24. And the third set of angels or living creatures is thrones. These are called flaming, moving wheels. They're covered with eyes, very similar to the cherubim. They, got, got, they uh, guard God's glory. They're also known as wheels and the many-eyed ones. These angels are often believed to be deployed like charioteers around the throne of God. They're described in Ezekiel chapter 1, verse 13 through 19. So when you read that chapter, you have to read very clearly to see that there's two different types of angels or living creatures. See, they're not really called angels, but we call them angels. They're actually living creatures. They sparkle like the color of bronzed brass. They had the hands of a man under their wings. Their wings were joined one to the other and they did not turn when they traveled. They all went straight forward. 
they had four faces. They had the face of a man as well as three other faces on their helmets, that of a lion, an ox, and an eagle. They moved on wheels in the middle of wheels, blue, green, in color. Above their heads, the likeness of the firmament, it means the space or the sky, which was the color of crystal. And under this were their wings, two on each side of their bodies. The nose of their wings was like the noise, the noise of their wings, sorry, was like the noise of great waters. Again, their wings also were very, very loud and making noise. I, I tend to think that the noise really was music, something heavenly that John could not describe because it was nothing like that he'd ever heard here on earth. So now we move to the second order. They're more, these angels are more involved in organization. So as you leave the, the top level, which is more those that are around the throne guarding the glory, those angels or living creatures don't really leave the, the throne area because their, their role and their function or duty is the throne or is to guard the glory. And the only reason why we had them on earth during the time, back in the time when you know, God's uh, spirit resided in the uh, covenant, the Ark of the Covenant. That's why they were described as being on earth at that time. But their function is around the throne. This second set is more of an organization of angels. They are concerned with the, the ways things function or operate on a universal scale. They're called governors, heavenly governors. You have domain, domain, dominions, these are angels of leadership, virtues, those of heavenly authority, and then the third one are called powers. So we'll look at each one of those real quick. Dom, dominions, this is the fourth ranking order of angels. They govern the universe and are administers of God's order. They deliver God's justice in unjust situations regulate the duty of lower ranking angels, making known the commands of God. Dominations have been described or dom dominations have been described as wearing long priestly garments. They carry golden staffs in the right hand and the seal of God in the left. At other times, they are said to hold an orb or a scepter. Then you have the virtues, the fifth ranking order. They have been called the brilliant or shining ones. They were called the angels of miracles, encouragement, and blessings. They are particularly involved with people struggling with their faith. Virtues have been said to be the chief bestowers of grace and valor. Wow. The two angels at the ascension of Jesus were traditionally believed to be from the order of virtues. Sixth order, powers have been credited 
as being the first order of angels created by God. They are responsible for maintaining the border between heaven and earth, acting as a sort of elite guard. They constantly watch for demonic attack. They are mentioned in Ephesians chapter 6. They are the major line of defense and battle during heavenly warfare. It is their duty to protect the, pot, the world from the infiltration of demons. So when you're praying and you say, Lord, loose the, loose the host, the heavenly host, loose the powers, the heavenly powers. They protect our souls from these evil beings and act as ministers of God who avenge evil in the world. It was also believed that at death, the powers guide our transition to heaven. They're just making sure that your spirit is taken directly to where it needs to go, guarding it. It's how precious each of us is to God. Then the third spear. These are more involved with the day-to-day day-to-day dealings with with the saints. These are the ones that are probably more so what you see. uh, They're they're probably my Psalm 91 angels (laughs) that are in my house right now. But they deal more with the saints, one-on-one with people. Heavenly messengers. You have the principalities, also called princes. A prince. Then you have the archangels. So we don't know how many they are. We only have heard the name of one or two. It's been said that the name is not important as what their functions are. So some angels have names and some don't have names. Some just have duties and functions. And then we have our what we call common angels, guardian angels, ministering angels, ministering spirits. Various names for the third or the final. Excuse me. Principalities or princes. Seventh ranking order of angels. They watch over and care for communities, regional states, kingdoms, and nations, inspiring art, science, and culture. The principalities were the guardians over the nations and the leaders of the world. It is believed that they are given more freedom to act than the lesser angels below them. They are responsible for carrying out divine acts concerning their area of just jurisdiction. They are given to the task of managing the duties of the angels under them. Principalities have been dressed in soldiers' uniforms with golden girdles. And I've had many people describe seeing Angels dressed like in their, in, their, in their garb, their military attire. Then you have archangels. The archangels are the eighth ranking order of angels. Michael is an archangel. They say Gabriel is one as well. It's not really in the Bible as he being one, but they say that he is because he had direct access to, to God in the throne room. But Archangel Michael is a warring angel. He is over all of God's heavenly host. He will play a special role in the end time. For the Lord himself, well, this is in 1 Thessalonians 4. It says, for the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet call of God. And the dead in Christ will rise first, After that, we who are still alive are left, will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will be with the Lord forever. This is that 1 Thessalonians 4, verse 16 through 17. Ultimately, however, scripture says that he will prevail over Satan. And that will happen in Revelations 12, 79, verse 79. Archangel Gabriel is the highest ranking messenger who brought special messages to God's people. 
in the scripture. We find him bringing messages to Daniel to reveal the future events to him in Daniel chapter 8 and chapter 9. He went to Zacharias regarding the birth of John the Baptist in Luke 1, 19, and to Mary to announce the birth of Jesus in Luke 1, verse 30. Guardian angels. These are common angels ministering spirits. Their last order of angels, they are believed to be ministering angels sent forth to minister for those who will inherit salvation. That is us, Hebrews 1, verse 14. Chapter 1, verse 14. Within the orders of angels, only archangels and angels, the lowest category, are traditionally said to interact with man and woman during daily life. Some angels serve only as messengers, but in others, the angel uh, lingers in visible form, taking responsibility for the well-being of individuals in trouble, guarding them from harm, offering them sustenance, or leading them out of danger. We're back to the Psalm 91 again, as being their, um, their responsibilities, their duties. That whole chapter is really a good chapter to, um, to, uh, to look at. I'm actually planning on doing a teaching on just the Psalm, that whole chapter, Psalm 91. This is the, the hierarchy again for you to look at and review. We looked at the first level with the seraphim, the cherubim, and the thrones. Dominions, virtues, powers, principalities, archangels, and angels. I can stop sharing that. We'll go back to the presentation. So we must remember God uses his faithful angels to help us. He has done so since time began. One thing about angels is that their voice activated. That's in Psalm 103, verse 20. Psalm 103, verse 20, it reads, Bless the Lord, ye his angels, that excel in strength that do his commandments, hearkening unto the voice of his word. Angels are expediters. They expedite things. They make things go up another level or two. They come to help. When they show up in meetings, everything goes up a, a level. If you are in a meeting and you sense a change, a shift, a lot of the preachers will say, oh, there's been a shift and they'll do something different. So the anointing allows, cause, allows them or causes them to, to move in a different way, to go to a different level or to make a shift. You can minister at different levels with the assistance of angels at your side. Angels will bring relief to mankind by fighting alongside Jesus Christ to eliminate wickedness. That's in 2 Thessalonians 1, verse 6 through 8. This month, I was going to share a dream I had December the 10th this month. I saw an angel, and here's the dream. I saw an angel who's pouring out blessings, gifts, even was had flowers that he was pouring out, flowers and, and provision, power, anointings. They are all being poured out like rain coming down. First like dew, then small rain like a drizzle, and then rain showers, which is the former and the latter rain coming down together. And the angel that probably more than likely that was doing that was what we call the virtues. And they were in that second realm, second level. They are heavenly authorities. They were the fifth ranking order of an angel. They have been called the brilliant or shiny ones. They were called the angels of miracles, encouragement and blessings. And they were particularly involved with people struggling with their faith. Remember, the virtues have been said to be the cheap bestowers of grace and valor. So God is releasing these angels and pouring out these blessings upon us. And there's a reason why. It has a whole lot to do with where we are right now spiritually. We know that the challenges that happened in 2020, where we had the reset. And then from the, the reset, um, we, had, we had an actual literal Passover because we were 
we were in a pandemic. We couldn't go anywhere. And then from that Passover, let's say we had a literal Pentecost. But what really happened was that we had an end of a year, a decade, which was 10 years. We started off another 10 years, which was uh, the year 2020. And then a new era. It's a new era because the decade, the end of the year and a decade, time kind of collided and reset itself. So it was a brand, it was a brand new era that God was beginning for his people. So 2021 is a part two of that global reset. We're on our way into 2021. Actually, in the, on the Israel calendar, it's already has begun because they've already had their new year. So the word for 2021 is restoration. It's going to be the year of recovery. And if you read and study Joel chapter two, the whole chapter, chapter two, you'll get more revelation and enlightenment on where God is going and what God is doing. God wants us to be aware. And that's why we have the word, the Bible, because he does want us to be aware and not be unawares. So this realignment began in 20, I would say November 2019, before we even hit 2020, it started. All key players and pieces are in place. God says, now this is the prophetic word. I am pouring out my spirit on all flesh. This is the fulfillment and manifestation of Joel chapter two. This outpouring is to embark on the revival that my people are crying out for and need to find their place in the puzzle of my plan. Nation will rise against nation during the season like never before. We've already seen that. Nation means uh, ethnos, ethnic group against ethnic group. Kingdom against kingdom. The Soviet Union, now we're getting into actual various countries. Soviet Union will invade the Middle East to force their will and overturn the status quo with the coup. In Daniel, I saw that statue, that image in the book of Daniel. I saw Iran, Turkey, and Israel. They're going to be at war. The Ezekiel 38 war. I think uh, last year the Lord gave me the, a prophetic utterance about this war occurring in 2024. He, is, he says it's developing and is rising on the horizon. I see, this is me in this dream and this prophetic utterance. I see foot soldiers, China marching on the land. Hidden behind it are all the old Nazi regiment. I saw their emblem. That's the swastika, swastika. I see rockets falling like rain. The reset had to happen in order to shift the players and even the atmosphere for these events to unfold. The election, the pandemic, protests, all a part of my divine reset to separate the army of the Lord, to promote my generals and assign the foot soldiers to empower my true church, to separate the real from the disdain to release my gifts unto men. I see the valley of dry bones becoming the true army of the Lord. Iron curtain, just as I cause it to come down, I will cause the wall that separates my church to come down. So the world will see the true manifestation of the sons of God. We must be equipped. We must not break rank. We must know our assignment. If you miss your day of visitation, you will not move in step with me and my army, says God. So accept my generals who I have sent to adjust and align you, says the Lord. So you will not miss your day of visitation, says the spirit of the living God. So during this new era, people always want to know what it looks like, what it's going to be like. Early on, the Lord said, don't try to name it. So don't give it a name. It's just a new era. What it's going to look like? Restoration. Restoring. What will that involve? 
It's going to involve a return of the spirit of the fear of the Lord in our churches and in our midst, in our homes and in our lives, along with the return to holiness, consecration and sanctification. An increase of manifestation of God's glory and manifestations of supernatural encounters. Angelic activity and encounters will increase. Miracles, signs, and wonders. Revival, which is a condition of the heart, to produce soul winners. A revival will produce soul winners that will reap the end time harvest, says God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Okay. Do we have any questions, comments, concerns? Yeah, I do. I, 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 you know, as you were talking about the different types of angels, yeah. I was wondering um, how did how did it get to? Because I know I've always known that the cherubs were very powerful angels, mm -hmm. but how did they come up? Do you know how they came about making them into looking like children and? little short midgets and chubby little things and... <laughs> nope it's all, man, all man made <laughs> they didn't no. know that either. you know how they, the bible said my people perish because of lack of knowledge yeah there's a real good example <laughs> i'm like did somebody see a little fat angel somewhere <laughs> and decided that that's what it was because those are i mean those are powerful angels i mean oh, i don't yeah, you don't want to fool with a powerful angel. I had an angel that actually, my car went spinning in the air, midair. I don't know how high it was spinning. An angel's hand pulled that car down and stopped it and set it alongside the road. Oh, yeah, I believe it. Yeah. I was driving my belt and my car uh, came loose and uh, I heard something dumping under my, my hood, this dumping. And I was mm -hmm. like, I got to take this car in. I was on. I was down, uh, I think I was on Ames Street, 40-something uh, Ames that I had to drive up to 90 of the Blondo. And I heard this thumping and thumping. And when I pulled up to the to the auto mechanics and he looked at me and kept, they, they, and then he called his buddy over and they kept looking and looked up at me. They said, ma'am, how did you get here? <laughs> I said, I drove. The angels drove me. Exactly. The, the car was gone. I mean, I, it, it, it was inoperable. And I drove oh, the yeah. car from 40-something yeah. names up to 90-something blonde. <laughs> I believe it. Yeah, there's a, everybody's had some real interesting, I know, experiences where angels, the intervention has occurred. I mean, that's why we have them. They have always been with us. We're assigned them at birth, but God releases our spirit into the earth realm. We get them assigned to us. Uh, you know, the one that I had told me, his name was Ted. And then, you know, the next time I ended up having a conversation with them, it was, his name is Theophilus. I said, okay, I have a Ted and I have a Theophilus. And then I, you know, I looked up the meaning of their names. And Ted, Ted actually means, um, see if I can find it, that'll be on page two. It's, it's interesting how that happened. But uh, Theophilus and Ted are twins. Mm. One on this side and one on that side. Mm. <laughs> and Ted means a wealthy guardian. And it is short for Theodore in the English language. And then the second language, the second angel, Theophilus, his name means friend of God or beloved by God. Mm. And I know that when I, I was taken once into the, um, the throne room, where with the, the ball of fire and then I was sitting there and all the kids were around me, you know, I, I knew I had two of them there. There was one on each side. If they don't sit, they don't, they're, they're not where you can see them. They're always kind of back. You were the but you see them out of the corner of your eye. And I saw them, you know, they were 15, 15 tall with their belts on and yeah. Have you ever had an angel brush up against you? Uh, yes. <laughs> My nose <laughs> a few times. You know, I had an angel brush up against me. I was in the kitchen and 
an angel. I, it's this happens. This happened quite a few times. Mm -hmm. Have an angel brush. I'm in the kitchen by myself, and I know I sense. I didn't sense anything evil, but I sense an angel brushed up against me. That's good that you said that you didn't sense nothing evil because they're not evil. They bring peace. And it was during a time. I I think he was he was trying to get my attention back on God because it was during a time where I was worried about a situation. I wasn't, you know, I wasn't. If I just was.